I'm Maddie Orton, and you're listening to the Jersey Arts Podcast. This upcoming episode feels like my own personal holiday and birthday gift rolled into one. For years, my Friday nights were devoted to watching comedian Caroline Ray on the TV show Sabrina the Teenage Witch. She played Sabrina's guardian and aunt, who also happens to be a witch, the hilarious Hilda Spellman. You may also know her from The Caroline Ray Show, as a voice on Disney Channel's Phineas and Ferb, her recurring spots on Hollywood Squares and The Match Game, A Very Sordid Wedding, A Mrs. Miracle Christmas, or one of her many stand-up specials. Caroline kicked off her first comedy tour in several years this past June, and will be at New Brunswick Performing Arts Center this New Year's Eve. We talk about the art of stand-up comedy, tour life, Sabrina, and parenthood. Also, I wasn't kidding, it really is my birthday this week, which I only mention because my being a Capricorn comes up in the episode. So, happy birthday to me, and happy new year to all of you. Enjoy Caroline Ray. First of all, let me just say, it is such an honor to be chatting with you, because I loved and still love Sabrina the Teenage Witch so much, and you were just so amazing on that show. Thank you. It was a joy to do. It still is. And it was, um, yeah, it was a huge part of my life and always will be. I, there's not a day that goes by that someone doesn't call me Aunt Hilda. And I <laughs> literally answer to it so readily that it, oh it's God. just like, and I have such an affinity for kids your age. Cause I, you know, when you were little and you'd come up to me and you'd be like, did you ever see the episode where, <laughs> and then have you explained the whole episode to me? I go, yeah, I saw that one. Did you ever think, I'm like, yeah, I did. Uh-huh, I did. And then they inevitably used to ask me at around seven or eight, um, is the cat real? And I was oh. like, yeah. Or is the, how do you do the magic? Is it real? You know what though? It's really a cliche, but it was a very magical show because it's of a generation and it showed women really supporting each other. Oh yeah. And it was women in charge and women are powerful and women are magical and the only man was a cat, you know, I mean, <laughs> right. Right. I remember yeah. we got this award once from England and they were like, we love your show and the gay ants. And we're like, sorry, what? They answered. <laughs> <"Hey>, oh, okay. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. I mean, you know, well, but you dated Willard. I mean, there's a whole, I, we both dated Willard. <laughs> well, we both, yeah. There's a whole background there. I married whatever. It, it just made, it was very nice to be a part of something that made people happy. And in like the broad strokes of life, like you, the older you get, the more you go like, well, what is my purpose? You mm -hmm. know, like, what am I here for? What am I supposed to do? And I personally am so happy to be doing stand up again, because mine is to like shift people's energy into a happy place for as long as that show lasts. Sure. You know, I'm, it's really like, I have, my shows are fun. Like it's, and it's a perfect night because it's New Year's because nobody wants the pressure that they have to be with someone and they don't have a date and they're not. Someone to oh. kiss at midnight. Like it's a celebration of another year of life and starting something new. And it shouldn't be about dating. It should be about fun. Oh, totally. How did you initially fall in love with performing? Was stand up you're in? Or I mean, what gave you the bug? You know, I was talking to a friend of mine who has been doing stand up for a while. And she was like, I just don't have, I go, you don't have the sickness that it is. The, <laughs> the, the unbelievable need to do it. And that's mm. what stand up is. You need to, and you need to. I don't know. For me, it's how I connect to another human. It's like sharing our commonality and our, like, I thought it was going to be so successful because I was so unique and 
No, the only reason I was in any way successful is because I'm exactly like everybody else. I like to talk about it. And I also wanted to talk about things that women weren't particularly talking about. And I wanted to be a voice for women. And now I continue to do it because when my mom was my age, she didn't have a voice. She, she didn't get to influence or affect or except for her immediate family and her friends. So I don't know. I wouldn't give that up. I mean, I will say it's nice to hear, you know, as a mom, it's nice to hear comedic voices in that space. I think when I was pregnant and, you know, early into motherhood, I was like, wow, this is the most uh, feminine thing I've ever done. And I feel like everybody's looking at me like I'm one of those precious moments dolls and I need everybody to chill out for a moment. So I think it's really nice to hear people talk about it in a way that's like, you know, funny and real and not whatever that is, which is nice. Well, I mean, it was my experience. Like, I would say as much as it was the happiest, it is the loneliest time of your life at the beginning when they're little, Mm. because you're so disconnected from your former life and your former identity. And there's no mourning process of I am no longer that person I am this person and you fully embrace it but it's very hard there's so much crying that happens in those I mean I used to just weep when my daughter was like in her twos I remember just being like like the pain of you know like the exhaustion of like and I was like on the floor playing but like I think that I think it's better to be a comic who is telling the truth and saying it's okay even the young part, not the yucky parts, but like the harder parts, you know, I'm not one of these mothers that drinks wine and thinks it's hilarious. You know, like (laughs) I I actually fully love my daughter. There's some people that are like, I love getting away from my kids. Like I don't, I love, I love hanging out with my daughter. Yeah. Um, But she has given me so much material. So I first started as a standup in when I was 24, but prior to that, I'd done a lot of acting in like regional theater. And then I moved to New York to become a stand-up. And then I did that for a long time. I, I had a lot of like early television success. And then I did many pilots and had many development deals. And I had done a pilot that didn't go. Oh. And uh, it's funny because the other guy that was in the pilot that didn't go was Eric McCormick. Oh my God. And then neither of you did anything ever again. Yeah. I said, I saw him the other day. I go, whatever happened to you after that pilot? (laughs) So I do believe that people get the part that's meant to be their part. I really do feel like, like when I got Aunt Hilda, when I read that script, I was like, no, no, no. I want to be Aunt Zelda. I want to be the crazy scientist. Oh, funny. They were like, no, (laughs) (laughs) you're, you're Aunt Hilda. That's who you are. So when you started performing, you said you were doing regional theater. Was yeah. there like, a first show for you where you were like, oh, this is the thing? Well, anytime I was in front of an audience and anytime, it, you know, my I have I had very funny parents and very funny sisters. So that was our love language was to make each other laugh, you know. And I went to all girls school. So I basically had um, a, a class of captive customers my entire school. Like I was, you know, like constantly testing material. Sure. And then I just got the bug that first time I was on stage and I was like, oh, this is it. But I also feel that way when I'm in a play or in a movie, it's just that like to me, I love Sabrina, but there's nothing more fun than live performance. 
Sure. It's only going to happen that one night with those people. You're going to have a shared, unique experience and you're going to be connected through it and nobody else got to experience it. So even when you do a special and like you kill and you're like, this is the best I've ever been. It never translates to as good as it was on camera. Interesting. So your parents, you said, were very funny. I mean, they were also doctors, right? My, my, my dad was a doctor. My mom was an antique dealer. Yeah. And my dad wanted to be a doctor. I mean, a, a comedian so badly and an actor. That's all he wanted. But his mother said, no, you're going to be a doctor. <laughs> and so what did they think about you pursuing a, a career in performance? Well, my oldest sister, like one best corporate lawyer in Canada or something like that last year, like she's a genius. And my other sister's a genius and she graduated from college at like 20. So oh. they were so happy if I did anything that they were like, like there was very little, I was a youngest child, no pressure. Oh, that's um, great. And they were very, my mom was the perfect kind of mother that she was like the source of love and energy that you could go out in the world and do whatever you tried and then she'd come home, you know, and it's hard because my daughter's a teenager. So now it's like, I want to be that for her. Like, yeah, go and have the best time and have so much fun. And inside I'm like, don't you want to stay with mommy and play? <laughs> Mommy's so fun. No. Well, it's such a, you know, it's such a hard career too. And I, you know, I think about, I mean, my kid's only three, but I think about, you know, if he wanted a career in certain things that I think are, are tough, you know, you want to encourage them to be happy and live their best life. But also you're like, just make sure you can like pay your bills and ideally have health insurance in a perfect world. You know, it's, it's You're a such battle. a Capricorn. Oh my God. If you had just said that, I would have said Capricorn. <laughs> no, you know what? There's the practicality, but at some point, you know, you have a calling, you have a purpose in your life, right? And you have to stay true to it and figure out what it is. And hopefully it's one that benefits everybody, you know? Like whatever your job is, like you're hopefully making the world better, right? So I, I don't think we should look at what our kids think of as it's going to be hard. We have to look at like, this is, are you trying your hardest? Are you getting better at something? Are you persevering? That's what it is. That's all I want for my daughter, that she feels like she's doing something that she values. So when you started doing stand-up, I mean, that to me is like the scariest thing in the whole world. You know what the scariest thing in the whole world is? I would rather go up in front of 100,000 strangers than have someone watch me try and download an app on my phone. <laughs> or I literally was having a party last week. And after 20 times of putting in my password to paperless post, and, it, and then it said, your passwords don't match. On the 20th time, I said, I'm not having a party. That's it. I'm not. And I'm not. Or I was going to, and I'm not. Because oh anything technological is so much harder Stand up is not hard. Stand up is if, if it's my if it's your if it's your not your thing, then yeah, it would be hard. But everybody's job is hard. Yeah, you know, to some extent. It, stand up's not hard. Traveling and leaving your family is hard. Mike McDonald was a great comedian, and he used to say, "That's what they pay us to do. They don't pay us to do stand up. Huh. They pay us to, you know." And to that end, you you know you took a, a break from touring for a while while you were raising yeah. your daughter, and so you're going back to touring. Is that part of why you took the break to be able to you know do the parenting thing without doing the tour thing? Oh yeah, it took me a very long time to have a baby. I I I, I gave I gave birth to at 44, so I was not going to then have a baby at 44 and be like, see ya, I'll be a chuckle bananas in Omaha. <laughs> like no, and you know what? I really thought at that point I was done. I kept thinking, well, I'm done. I've done. I've done a wow. lot of whatever. I'm. I'm good. I've had a great career, and this is all icing. Wow. And they, and I really stayed home for, I mean, the first 
five years, I really, really wasn't touring. Yeah. And then, you know, I did Phineas and Ferb for like 10 years. Yeah. So that was like gift from God that I could say. And then, and I would always do stand up here and there, you know, like, and I would do it in New York every weekend. So I always did stand up. But then I was like, I went and I, um, I did a show in June and Jimmy Fallon was there and he asked me to do his show. Like Which the I next saw week. and is great. Great, Thank you. great, great. Thank you. And I was like, oh, like, and he kept going, do you want to do it next week? And I'm like, no, I need to go, <laughs> I need to go get, you know, rust off and practice. So I can't tell you how many sets I've done since June. Like, wow. but now I feel, it's like a muscle. Now I'm like back in shape. That's where I'm like, New Year's. Yeah. I'm so happy after COVID. I'm so appreciative that there are audiences that we have like a human connection. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Plus I have a ton of new material. Well, so that's so what fun. I'm thinking is like, I appreciate, first of all, that there's just it, an art form entirely unto itself there that I, I'm sure the crafting of that arc is its own thing, which I would love to hear about. But also parenthood has to just be like a font of ridiculous comedic bits, I assume. Ridiculous. I mean, my daughter is so funny. Really often I just repeat what she says. Like one time she was doing her homework. This is a couple of years ago. And she, she it was during COVID because she was on Zoom and she goes, mommy. I go, yeah. She goes, if you're walking down the street and you get hit by an ambulance, do they call another ambulance or do, do they just throw you in the back? <laughs> and I go, I think they would just throw you in the back. But what subject is this? Like, <laughs> where is that? And she was like, no, I was just curious. Like, wow, that's great. When you're creating that, like the structure of a, what is it, like a, a 60 minute set or something hold like please. that? Hold, please. Okay, holding. See? Wow, that is incredible. So you have a an enormous whiteboard easel in your kitchen, that, that not normally in your kitchen, brought into your kitchen that has uh, columns and rows of post-it notes that are, I guess, bits, right? Stories and bits. Yeah, that you're and then you're writing. structuring them because sometimes I tell, that's the joy of having done it for a long time is you can really just tell a long story. Okay. Because stand-up is about trust, right? So when you've done it for a long time, the audience trusts you and they've shown up for you because they trust that you're going to be funny and you're going to entertain them. That's that's my that's my unspoken part of the contract. I will connect with you. You will connect with me and we will. I will make you laugh and we will do this together. I'm very inclusive. Some stand-ups get out there and they say the same 45 minutes. Like it was so hard for me to do the tonight show because to not make it um like connecting with the audience. I'm Aquarius rising. I want to like see I'm so intuitive. I can pick up on most people what's going on with them. It's like sometimes I am a witch. It's just exhausting. I'm like I look at them and I'm like, "Oh my god, they're about to get divorced. Why did I even look over there?" Like I know what's happening. Yeah, no, I know. So when you when you are crafting this, is yeah. there is it like this bit next to this bit sort of feels right, or you can tell right. like when you're workshopping this, is it like woof, got to move those things? Well, that's the fun thing. I mean, I've done so much stand up in the fall. I was you know I didn't even list half the places I went. You tell a story, and all your jokes eventually become beginning, middle, and end, and then. Where do you want to go? Like, what what story are you telling? And then you break it up. That's so interesting. So, I mean, when you're touring, do you, 
are you tweaking as you go along? And like, how is that how you keep it fresh for yourself? Yeah, I write on stage. I think a lot of people do that. I think the only way you can tell if a joke is funny is in front of someone. Hmm. And so it's constantly evolving. You know, this is my 33rd year doing this. And I'm only now thinking like, like I look at my, and I go, oh my God, how did I miss that? Like, huh. why am I doing that? Like, there's so much you can tweak. And I mean, the great thing is nobody's going to know in the audience that's watching, but I know. Yeah. So the people who come to see your show on New Year's Eve, what should they expect from your stand-up this time around, this version of the tour? Well, I always say my style is like it's at a dinner party, right? We're at a dinner party, and I know what I'm serving. I don't know who my guests are, and I don't know what we're going to talk about. But I know that I've got four hours worth of recipes that we can make. That's it's great. Like, what, what, what's going to happen that night? It'll be fun. There are two performances of New Year's Eve with Caroline Ray on December 31st at 7 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. at the New Brunswick Performing Arts Center. For more information, visit nbpack.org. If you liked this episode, be sure to give us a review, subscribe, and tell your friends. A transcript of this podcast, as well as links to related content and more about the arts in New Jersey, can be found on jerseyarts.com. The Jersey Arts Podcast is presented by Art Pride New Jersey, advancing a state of creativity since 1986. The show is co-founded by and currently supported by funds from the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, with additional support from the National Endowment for the Arts. This episode was hosted, produced, and edited by yours truly, Maddie Horton. Executive producers are Jim Atkinson and C. Stroud. Special thanks to Caroline Ray. I'm Maddie Horton for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.